I'm going to speak on the transfiguration during the service. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Uh, I feel like this word is coming for somebody for such a time as this. It, it may not mean much to everybody, but it will mean something to somebody here this morning. And I believe that if you are the one, may God cause it to bear fruits in your life in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout yes. The book of Luke chapter 9, uh, from the verse 28. Luke 9, from the verse number 28. From the verse number 28. Now, uh, before... We look at 28, you look at 23, and you find Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says things like, um, if any man shall come after me, let him deny himself, and let him take up the cross daily and follow me. He's talking about things like, for what is a man advantaged if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Talking about things like, for whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words of him shall the Son of Man also be ashamed of. Uh, and then you come to 28, and now the Bible says that, and it came to pass about eight days after these sayings. So after that, he engaged them, and he was teaching them all these things and talking to them. Then eight days came to pass, and uh, he, he took Peter, James, and John. Somebody say Peter, James, and John. Oh, come on, shout it, Peter, James, and John. I want to know if you are following the conversation, say Peter, James, and John. So he took Peter, James, and John, and he went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. In other words, even his face was changed. He looked different from how he did before they climbed up the mountain. And his raiment, his clothes, was also white and glistering. So it was not only white, it was shining on top. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory. Somebody say in glory. And spake of his disease, which he should accomplish. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were awake, they saw his glory. And the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass, as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be, uh, to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them, and there feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone. In other words, Moses and Elijah departed. And, uh, he's, and they kept it close and told no man in those days, any of these things which they had seen. Hallelujah. This is the story of the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. How he turned and changed not only his face, but even his clothes, his raiment, became something completely different. And 
it, he became something or someone that his disciples had not seen before. He was transformed into a figure they were not used to. They were used to something about him. They were used to his face looking a certain way. They were used to his hair looking a certain way. They were used to his, his clothing looking and appearing a certain way. But on this particular occasion, the Bible says he was completely changed from what they were used to. His clothes also changed and he was shining. But you need to understand that the change and transfiguration did not occur whilst they were in the valley. It only occurred when they were able to climb from the valley to the top of the mountain. The, the reality of who Jesus was became available to them when they were ready and willing to climb on top of the mountain. There is a certain dimension of exposure to who Jesus is that is not available to just everybody, but just available to those who are really willing and able to climb to the top of that mountain. Am, am I preaching to somebody? Um, and uh, and it, when he was going to the top of the mountain, he selected Peter, James, and John. He made a selection out of the 12 because those kinds of dimensions of exposure and those transfigurations don't occur to just everybody. Are you with me now? He selected three from amongst the 12. But there are people who never experience this because they are more excited about being in the multitude than about the seclusion required for transformation. People are more excited about the company of the many than when God needs to set them apart to reveal himself to them. I preached a message some two or so weeks ago, and I told you that before Jacob wrestled with God, Jacob was alone. He left and began that journey with many people. Then he selected 15 of them, 11 being his sons, 2 being his wives, and 2 being servants. So there were 15. Then he gets to a place, and he leaves the 15 also. And when he became alone, that was the point where he wrestled and had an encounter with God. Many people are too excited about being in the company of many. They are too happy about being in the company of the many, that when God is selecting you from amongst the 12, they are still glued to the 12. They don't want to move because they are fixated on the company of the many. But if you are willing to leave that company of the many, that company of the familiar, that company of that which is comforting, and you are ready to be discarded from among them, then and only then will God reveal certain encounters to you. I pray for you that there's some separation coming for you that is about to introduce your life to a realm of elevation. Separation precedes elevation. Somebody shout, he's talking to me now. You are trying too hard to be in the company of the 12. The 12 is not evil, but the 12 will not all experience this dimension of exposure. It takes a separation from the 12. You need to understand that the miracle did not occur at the top of the mountain. The miracle finished at the top of the mountain, but the miracle began in the selection process down there. Yeah. Are you with me now? The miracle started with the three because it took Peter, James, and John. Not everybody. God is already, has already begun the selection process in the valley. The valley is whilst you are down there. He has already started selecting you. He has already started picking you. And he is preparing you for an encounter where change is coming. Transfiguration simply means change. And I came to tell somebody, there is a change coming for your finances. Change coming for your spiritual life. Change coming for your work. Change coming even in your health. Somebody shout yes. But this change does not happen for everybody. And that's not happening in the midst of everybody. Can I go there? The reason why the three were even 
needed to be there suffer is because the only people who can recognize change are the people who have seen the old state of a situation. If a man just appears here and we don't know him from anywhere, we just receive him as he came. But those who know him can tell you that this is not how he used to be last week. Something has changed about him. It takes a man who knows your past to recognize changes in your future. And that is why the Bible says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy because when he's setting you up for a breakthrough, he needs to carry along people who know you from where you are coming from so they'll be able to recognize when the change happens. That is why not even your enemies, they won't even die. Not all of them will be. They will be around to see. Because they should be there to see when I'm changing. They have seen you when you are walking. They will also see you when you are driving. They have seen you when you are single. They will also see you when you are married. They will see you without a child, but they will also see you when your child comes. So those same people can now go out there and testify of the goodness of the Lord. Somebody say yes. See, don't be broken hearted when, when certain people are speaking ill about you. Sometimes it is necessary that they speak ill about you. So those same people can go and speak good things about you. Mm. He picked their three. Because, you see, the book of Mark's encounter, or Mark's version of the same story says that Jesus told them, don't say these things to anybody until I am resurrected. So he still needed that thing to be communicated, but there was a timeline for the communication. So he needed to bring these three guys along to witness the change and the transformation that was taking place. Somebody say transfiguration. The thing about climbing to the top of the mountain is that the weather at the top of the mountain is different from the weather below the mountain. Am I talking to somebody? The weather feels different at the top than it does at the down. There are many mountains in the world. When, when you are down there, it is very hot, warm, and sunny. But when you climb to the top, sometimes it is even snowing at the top. So, so there's a variance between the weather patterns down there and the weather patterns up there. Hallelujah. Which means that it is even difficult to decide what clothing or what apparel to pick on the journey. Because you don't know what is happening down there vis-a-vis -vis what is happening up there. If you wear, if you wear um, uh, loose clothing because you are warm down there, you'll be shocked that by the time you get up, it is cold and the loose clothing don't fit anymore. I'm going somewhere with this, so I need you to come along with me. When God is carrying you from the down to the top, you'll be going through different weather patterns on the journey of life. You, you can never prepare for all of them. Because the preparation you will make for whilst you are down there may not be adequate, may not be sufficient for when, you, you, when the wind starts blowing, when you start going to the snow place, when you start going to the top of the mountain. The way things used to be down there will not be the same when you start going up. And that is how come you can plan all you want, but when God picks you and he starts bringing you up, your plans will never be adequate for the journey of life. How many of you have planned everything so perfectly that you have it all figured out? 
it is impossible. Some wind will slap you and dislocate everything that you have done. Some rain will fall and suddenly your, your plants are in disarray. They told you that this business works. You put your money in it and suddenly everything looks like you are struggling. But it is all part of the journey because if you could do it all alone, you would have done it already. If your father could do it all alone and it was that easy, they would have done it. But because God is involved, even though you cannot do it on your own, he is picking you and he's guiding you all the way to the top. Why is it that Peter, James and John didn't go on their own to the top? Because they couldn't do it. It takes Jesus to lead them and carry them to the top of the mountain the mountain of encounters and I came to tell 14 people this morning you are walking on your journey one step at a time from the valley to the top of the mountain things may not always look like they, the way you want them to be they may not always be comfortable but once he is leading you you will surely get to the top of that mountain somebody shout yes yeah. it took Jesus leading them the, the other thing is this we have seen Jesus ascend to heaven. Which means he could have just levitated. What, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have just levitated and, and, and just boom, appeared at the top. We, we have seen Philip move and be trans, trans, transmitted or translated from one place to another without walking. Which means it is a possibility in the spirit. So, so how is it that and you see, theologians and some historians will tell you that this mountain was about 9,000 feet above sea level. That's a serious. Assuming you don't know what, what one feet is, let's assume one feet is your foot. So 9,000 feet means that you are taking, that is the simplistic way of explaining it, you are taking 9,000 steps before you arrive at the top of the mountain. That, that's no joke. Tough. No joke. So, so if Jesus could, he could have just, guys, close your eyes. Pam, open. We have arrived. Close your eyes. Pam, open. We are there. No, but he took them one step at a time. Because you need to adjust on the journey of life. If you just move from where you are to where you are supposed to be, there will be a shock in your system because you are not used to where God is taking you. Everything about where you want to be and where you are coming from are not aligned. They are not the same. And that is why he will take you one step at a time and give you the opportunity for your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul to adjust on the path of life. Uh, am I talking to somebody now? And that is why it is necessary. One step here, two steps there. The winds are coming, but you keep going. One step here, two steps there. The rain is falling, but you are going. One step here, two steps there. As long as you are not going back, but you are going forward, then you are going to the top of that mountain. That is the reason why he will not just carry you one day. You open your eyes and you are a millionaire. Nothing just happens like that in the spirit. It is one step here, two steps there. It is that business here and that business there. It is that connection here and that network there. And you are moving one step at a time. But the thing is that at the end of the day, he's bringing you to an expected end. He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. They are thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. I see seven of you coming to the place of an expectation. Somebody shout yes. Transfiguration. Transfiguration. One step at a time. So I need to carry you to the top. And, and watch it. When they got there, Tofu, when they got there, who appeared unto them? Moses and Elijah. Somebody say Moses. Somebody say Elijah. 
Somebody say Moses. Somebody say Elijah. See, taking 9,000 steps to the mountain, it, is, it takes commitment. It takes sacrifice. It takes endurance. It takes passion. It takes willpower. It takes energy. It takes strength to keep going and say, I'm not giving up. Because after the thousandth step, you know you still got 8,000 steps going. You can just decide that enough is enough. It makes more sense for me to just go back. After all, what is there at the top of the mountain that we cannot get down here in the valley? For, for waters flow in the valley, they don't flow on top of the mountain. What I told you want to show me at the top that you can't show me here. But the principle of God is that there are encounters that cannot happen in the valley. Those encounters only happen to those committed enough to climb to the top of the mountain. Hallelujah. Elijah appears and Moses appears. Why Elijah and why Moses? Somebody say Elijah. Somebody say Moses. You see, the first thing you need to understand is that fathers are pivotal in life. Fathers are the feathers on which children fly to the future. That is why no matter how anointed you are, you cannot be more anointed than your spiritual father. There is a reason why it was Elijah that was called and not Elisha. But Elisha did more miracles than Elijah. So if we're supposed to measure it by miracles, then it should have been Elijah that is going. But Sorry, it should have been Elisha because he did more miracles. In fact, Elisha's first miracle was Elijah's last miracle. The last thing Elijah did before he exited the earth was the first thing this man does to introduce himself to the world. So, so where he ended is where I am starting. And yet, when they were calling people to meet Jesus, it was Elijah, not Elisha. Because fathers are fathers, whether you like it or not. That is one of the things that young pastors of today need to understand. That your, your one single revelation cannot give you audacity over fathers. Yeah. Your, your, your small insight that you have seen cannot make you disrespect fathers. Okay. You know, the Bible says that when Moses died, there was contention over his body because of an error in his ways, an error on his path. In fact, he had error so much that he missed the opportunity to go to the promised land. But when Jesus was being made to meet people, he met Moses and not Joshua, who actually took the people to the promised land. Because no matter how, how gifted or successful you think you are, fathers remain fathers. Can I talk to somebody now? Some young preachers have started growing wings. Because they are performing, they are, they are like Elisha, performing more miracles than Elijah. You have missed it. Some, some, some young prophets are growing wings because they are like um, Joshua, who is leading the people to the promised land, the land of milk and honey. And Moses never tasted milk and honey, and so they think that they have arrived. But in the table of men, it is fathers that are invited, not sons. Not sons. Not sons. Why Moses? Why, why Elijah? Now, El Moses is the prophet through whom God spoke and gave the law. God revealed himself to Moses through the law. And by or through the law, he revealed himself to the people of Israel. Somebody say the law. 
Moses was the one who burst the old covenant. The old covenant was based on the law. And it was the first place or first avenue through which God reveals himself to humanity. The law. Elijah is a representation of the prophets. Those days, in Moses' days, God spoke mostly through the law. What do you do when a man is going to marry? The law is there. Should I kill somebody? The law is there. Should I jump? The law is there. What should I wear when I'm a priest? Then the law is there. It was stated in the law. And the law was given by Moses. Moses was the progenitor of the old covenant. Elijah was the, the, it's like the, the, the greatest of the prophets. And his presence there was a representation of the prophets. Because in his season, God, a season came where God was now speaking to his people through prophets. The Isaiahs, the Jeremiahs, the, the Ezekiels, and, and Elijah was the greatest of them all. And so one dimension is that he spoke and revealed himself to humanity through the law. And the other dimension, he spoke and revealed himself through the prophets. But they came to meet Jesus because in Jesus, you have the complete revelation of who God is. The revelation of who God is by the law is incomplete. Do you understand? The revelation of who God is by the prophets is incomplete. Because for we know in part and we prophesy in part. And so the incompleteness of the law and incompleteness of the prophetic have to come together because they are now coming to meet the one in whom the complete revelation of who God is, is revealed. It's that if you see me, you have seen the Father. Now watch it. Moses actually died. Or, he died. But Elijah did not die. In meeting Jesus, you still have he who died and he who did not die. <laughs> Because he died, but he resurrected. You see how? You see how Elijah entered, the, entered into heaven? On chariots, he just ascended like that. And this is exactly what Jesus did. He ascended onto heaven. But Moses actually died. And so Jesus also had to die and then had to ascend onto heaven. Can, can I preach to somebody now? Can I talk to somebody? And so that is why the, the two were selected. They had to come and meet Jesus the Christ. Yeah, but where do? And he ascended unto heaven. Jesus Christ. Look, and you know the funny thing? The Bible says Peter, James, and John were sleeping. Then when they woke up, they saw glory. You see Jesus' image changes. Just like Moses' image changes. The difference is Moses' image that is changing and is being glorified is not permanent. But the glory that comes by connection to Jesus is permanent. So another announcement was being made that this man Moses who ascended also to the top of a mountain and had this image transfigured but that was temporary I Jesus have taken over the baton 
and I'm introducing another generation who are ready and willing to climb to the top of the mountain and I'm about to change who they are but this time it is not going to fade away. It is going to be the kind of glory that persists. The kind of glory that is long lasting. That is why church you need to understand nobody can steal your glory. No man born of woman has the right or audacity to change your glory. And I came to tell you your glory shall be long lasting in the name of Jesus. Your children shall walk in that glory. Your wife shall walk in that glory. Your business shall be glorified. Somebody say, I am the one. I am the one. I am. Yeah. And suddenly, his, his face you now changed. And his dress, Phelps, shining, glistering, just like that. Funny enough, this same Moses led the people of Israel and they were fed by manna. And before Jesus was climbing also, he had just fed the 5,000. They woke up from their sleep, those three, and then they saw glory. See, some of you, you, you may sleep too much and miss it all. Some of you may sleep too much to the point you will miss it. When you should be up and doing, you are sleeping. When you should be pursuing destiny, you are sleeping. When your shop should be open by 7 a.m., you are sleeping. When your business should be up, you are working hard, you are sleeping. There are people who have missed it because they overslept. Oh, can I go there too? People who sleep, you sleep, sleep, sleep. Father, do it, oh, then you are sleeping. Because which one is more difficult? Climbing to the top of the mountain or staying awake? You have used the energy. What do you hear? What is the point in sleeping now? And when they woke up, watch it. Go, go there, go there. Peter, when they were happy with sleep, and when they, they were awake, they saw what? His glory. And the two men that stood with him. Next. Then see what Peter says. And it came to pass, as they departed, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. It is good. Somebody say it is good. Oh, oh somebody say it is good. Is, is that a statement of fact? Talk to me now. Is that a statement of fact? Yes, it is good that they are there. It is a good thing. It's a statement of fact. Two. I said, um, let us make three tabernacles. One for thee, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Is that right? Do you know? You don't know? Okay. This is the answer. Then what does it say next? Talk to me. Read it. What does it say next? He doesn't even know what he's talking about. So could the thing he's saying be right or wrong? Probably wrong because the thing you're saying, you don't even know what you're talking about. But the statement which is in error starts with a statement which is right. And so if you focus on the rightness of the first statement, you may be confused into thinking that the entire statement is correct. I don't know if, if I'm getting a witness here. There are many people who you go to for advice and they may interlace the whole nonsense of advice with a few correct statements. And if you are not careful, you will follow their advice and they don't even know what they are talking about. You see, because when men don't even know what they are talking about, they pretend like they know. Look, look at the way he's talking with audacity. 
You know, it is good that we are here. Let's do three tabernacles. Let's call one the tabernacle of Jesus, the tabernacle of, of Moses, uh, then Elijah Ministries International. There are people who have had some encounter, and they think the encounter is the reason they must start a church. But you see, encounters don't bear churches. Just because you had an encounter. There are many churches that have been started because people were hungry. Can I go there too? Oh, can I go there? There are many ministries best from the womb of hunger. I said, yeah. Oh, let's start three. Moses International Ministries, Elijah Power Movement International, and Jesus the Savior International Church. You may be shocked that all these things I've mentioned is somebody's church actually. And they will think I'm attacking them. Hallelujah. But he didn't know what he was talking about. The fact that somebody says a few sensible things does not mean the advice is good advice. Are you with me now? Yeah. You need to be careful who you go to for advice. If Jesus wasn't operating on a dimension higher than theirs, if it were any other person, the person would have been tempted into actually building a tabernacle. The error is that the, the encounter here was not supposed to be an encounter that is meant to rest at the top. It was an encounter that was supposed to be experienced by everybody in the world. Now, that is why a single person's experience cannot become a doctrine. Because what Peter was pushing for is that because I had to climb to have this glory, everybody else has to climb to also have this glory. So if you don't look for a mountain to climb, you won't have glory. That is why people these days think that before they can have an encounter, they must climb a tree up. That is why people think that before they can have some glory, some encounter, they must go and find some mountain and climb. It is the Peter mentality. That once we are finished and we have this, we must put some small tabernacle here. If everybody wants to have this one, they must climb. Ask your neighbor who is advising you. Who is advising you? Yeah. Some, 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 you, you have to be careful. Who is advising you? They say a, a, a clock, eh, that is wrong, eh, will even be right two times in a day. Even a clock, that is wrong. It will be right two times in a day. Who is advising you? Who? You need to be careful. Who? It may sound like good advice. After all, he didn't say we should steal. After all, he didn't say we should become armed robbers. He said we should build a church for God. But that's not God's intention. Who is advising you? Eh? Now I need you to begin to think, oh, before you can experience transfiguration and change, even the people around you matters. You agree? The people around you matters. Not everyone around you will be able to accommodate the new you. There are people in your life who only like being needed by you. Did you understand what I said? They only like being needed by you. The day you stop needing them, they will start having issues with you. There was a man at the gate called Beautiful who had people whose job 
was to carry him every day and put him there. He needed them to carry him physically every day. The day he doesn't need them anymore and he starts walking, the people will not be happy. Because the need of them has expired. There are people in your life who only are relevant because of a need that you have, that they are supplying answers to that need. The day the Lord plugs that hole, we will see whether they truly are friends or not. The day you start riding the car, that is why you, when you start hearing all sorts of rumors about you, the day the Lord starts expanding your coast, that is why you start hearing all manner of things. Nobody talks about somebody doing nothing. The person achieving nothing is not the focus for anybody. The enemy and the world goes after people who are, only, who are achieving things, who are breaking grounds, who are shifting territories, who are expanding corridors. Those are the people the world goes after. If people are coming after you, it could be that you are doing something that catches their attention. It could be that you are making strides and you are making progress. The enemy doesn't waste his time attacking people doing nothing. When you are walking in the world and there is no attack, start praying. People only pray when attacks come. But if you've gone two years and there is no attack, you need to start praying. You are doing nothing worthy of attack. The only time locusts will come to a field is when the field has something the locust wants to eat. When a field is empty, there is no reason a locust will appear there. But when, when, when the field is blossoming, the harvest is great, and the locust starts coming, we can apply insecticides and pesticides to kill them. Are you with me now? Transfiguration. A change, a turning around. Sudden change. Sudden turn around. Some of you, you are going to experience this dimension of change before the year goes to an end. I am not here to humor you. I'm here to speak to you the mind of God. I said a transformation is coming. Transfiguration is coming. The kind that is so unusual, those who walk with you every day will be shocked by it. Those who are with you all the time will be blown away by how sudden and how impactful it is. Change. Transfiguration. Are you ready for change? I didn't hear you. Are you ready for change? Change. Change, 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 change. Change, 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 change. I told you that the Lord gave me two separate words for first service and another one for. There's a reason. The easiest thing to do, like I always do, I can preach the same thing first and preach the same thing second and go home and sleep. But God said, "This one speak because there are people in the second service who must hear this one. Somebody's body needs a change, needs a touch, needs a healing, needs a transfiguration." Somebody's mind needs a change, needs a transformation. Somebody's heart needs a change, needs a transformation. Somebody's finances needs a change and a transfiguration. 
We're going to pray. As you are seated, we won't get up. You're going to sit, sit down. I'm going to pray, Father, transfigure my life. Change my life. Transform my life. Lift up your voice. As you are seated. As you are seated. It's just you and God. It is just you and God. It is just you and God. Mano Kali brothers. Just begin to say, touch my life. Let, let me experience this change. This glory. Mino Frazali Adina Nose. You are praying, you are praying, you are praying. Change! Change! Let there be change all around. Let it rise, let it rise, let it rise. Mandala bala baba. Ibaro zalabaye. Hey kandala baba. Monta inamaha no sele mahado. Rega do shalade mahanose. Hey branda zoni mahalina nabakose. Lebras kapos kade. Kakatala baba. Change. Kanda bala baba, e bale bado shade. Kani manda la bada baba, radile bajanda la bo. You are praying, change, touch me, Lord. Minje oyi nuncho. Just worship him. Father, this morning I speak into my life. Change all around. Shifting all around. Transformation all around. I speak into my health, into my finances, into my business, into my career, into my education. I declare before the end, the end of this year, of this year. May, I may I experience 
a life transforming change in the name of Jesus. I declare this is my testimony. I declare men shall see it and it shall be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.